Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush this week. So it's been almost six months of this, and I am really done with all the negativity. Before this, I had never once been afraid of being sick with anything. I had the flu a couple of times in my life. I've had mono, whatever, but never worried about anything. But now if I start to get a cough, I worry I have COVID. So who is to blame for all of this? Well, it's all the negative reporting on this disease. So I want to give you a little bit of an example here. So last week, I read an article and, you know, I was officially done with how we report the news. So the article headline had stated over 1,000 students have tested positive for COVID-19 at the University of Alabama since classes had resumed. So again, the headline by itself is extremely frightening and alarming. So I started to read a little bit further, and oh, by the way, look what they buried in the text. No positive students have been hospitalized as a result of COVID-19. Well, it would have been nice if they led with that. Nice job burying the lead. But I know I know in general that if it bleeds, it leads. We know that from, from journalism. But it just, it, it should have read, despite a thousand new cases, that no one was put in the hospital. So that's a positive thing. So with that being said, I would like to create a new news network and call it, and I know I don't like acronyms, and I, I brought that up many times on all these shows, but I want to call it PNN, P as in Peter, NN, the Positive News Network. And I want to go back when people just read the news. Go back in the day when Walter Cronkite read the news and he didn't offer up his opinion. I am so tired of everybody's opinion on what the news is. We don't know what is good, what is bad. We don't know anything, but at least let us have our own opinion. So the CDC came out this week and they said that they had 94% of COVID deaths had an underlying condition. So this is another information that do we know what's true and what's not true? And it just continues to just amaze me that we have all this stuff. So we're going to get into all this today. So now I'm going to bring on my guest for the week, a news reporter extraordinaire at 1010 Wins in New York, longtime friend, Glenn Shuck. Welcome to Lens Burning Bush. And how are you? I'm well. And it's just nice to hear your voice and see you on FaceTime here. We, we go back a long way and it's just a, a pleasure. I'm You know, it's one of those things in life, right, where you kind of are so busy and you we don't lose touch, but you don't have time to sit and have a nice chat. So I'm looking forward to this. It's yeah, it's fantastic. And I'm happy about it as well. It is um, it is nice that I get to do this on a weekly basis. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I do it for me, as I like to tell everybody. But uh, this is why, right? The the camaraderie that we had uh, in the late 90s at, uh, at our building over on the Fortune Off building. Do you remember those days? I remember them fondly. Very well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's all part of, um, you know, you've had a long radio journey. I've had a long radio journey, um, and that was an important part of the journey, right? We had a lot of fun. Uh, it was right around 9-11, yeah. um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. But, yeah, I, it's just, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of a brotherhood, right, in this business. We, we, we might lose touch, but we never really lose it altogether, and it's uh, just good to hear your voice. Exactly. So, so I wanted to, you know, one of the good parts about having you on is you do, the, you do news reporting on a, on a daily basis, and I understand we, we know if it, if, it, if it bleeds, it leads. 
but what are your thoughts about what I said? You know, the, the bottom line is I like to hear the positive stuff. Like despite a thousand new cases, maybe two people are in the hospital or, you know, 900 have recovered. Why haven't we done that? Why has there been so much fear instead of just giving us the way it should be? Well, um, and it sounds like I'm doing a commercial for 1010 wins, but honestly, um, I'm proud of being on that station for more than two decades. We don't do that. Yeah. We, you know, you talked about Walter Cronkite and this and that. You know, I'm 57. I grew up watching him or Dan Rather or these people that um, or you know, Tom Brokaw, people like that who just reported the news, gave you the facts and let you decide, let you interpret from there. Uh, we take pride in wins. As a matter of fact, we have some promos running now, you know, saying, uh, you know, all news with no bias. Right. Um, and it's an important part of what we're, you know, we, we all have personal opinions, right, Len? Yeah. Uh, we, all, we all have how we feel about certain things, but we're not allowed to interject that on our station. We're reporters. We're not commentators. We're not analysts. We're not there to give our opinion. Um, and it keeps our ratings as high as they are. People want facts and let them interpret that from there. So I think that's where 1010 Wins continues to stand out. Still the most all listened to uh, news radio station in the United States. And I think people want that. I mean, they want quick delivery, quick details, no opinion about Trump, nothing about Hillary, nothing about Biden. Just here's the deal. Um, so we take so I take a lot of pride in that personally. And I've had a bit of a struggle, you know, the last year or two myself in terms of, you know, friends that I know in the business a long time who started to, you know, give their opinion on the air. And it, it uh, doesn't sit well with me. I'll be kind and say it that way. Well, I agree with you, and I've been that way as well, because I remember in journalism class, they said, do not editorialize the news. You read the news, and that is it. I always like to say it. I don't want to use too much curse words, but if I wanted to hear from an a-hole, I would have farted, right? <laughs> That's I mean, a good one. Yeah, That's a good because, one. yeah, because again, no one cares about your opinion, and I think we have gone so far the other way. In the 90s, we had, uh, or the late 80s, when CNN came out, it was just 24 hours of news. Now we have these ridiculous networks that all they do, you can't find news anymore. It's just a pundit with a TV show. We've either got on the Fox side, you got Hannity, and then on the CNBC side, you had the Chris Matthews and all that other nonsense. It is not reporting like you do on a regular basis. That's all I want. I want news that way. I don't want to have somebody just automatically doing a show and having guests on and they, they just, it's, it's, it's it, the blowhards. And I don't want to hear that. Right. Right. And I think a lot of people are in your shoes. I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not on here to, you know, pick on the cable channels, whether it's far right, far left, whatever. I mean, um, they obviously made their decisions to do what they were doing and they're going to stick with it. We're going to stick with what we do. You know, we, we come on and tell you what we think the world wants to know. We do it quickly. Um, without any bias and we'll just and, and you know it's it's you know going through this election cycle is tough right every every other minute there's some other fight or debate or struggle over a story and how it's reported uh, i have to tell you i'll tell you a quick story you know when i go i do a lot of what's called man on the street you know i interview people about things and i'll talk to them about the election and i'll say you know you know what's kind of what are you leaning toward here what were you thinking I'm like, well i'll listen to hannity tonight and see what he says or i'll listen <laughs> to wolf blitzer you know i'll listen to wolf blitzer and see how he says people really are starting to get to the point now where they will form their opinion based on what their favorite news network tells them. And that's pretty frightening. I it, think it is. And and I would like to go back to the days and before, you know, we're a little older, Glenn, so we, we know these things, but I would like to go back to the days when we never knew who you voted for. I, I actually saw 
uh, a piece. Johnny Carson was interviewed by, um, uh, was it Mike Wallace? And there was a piece that was floating around on social media. And it showed, they asked Johnny, how come you don't take a side? Or you don't politicize. Right. He said, that's not my job. He said, did Jack Benny or anybody else before me do that? That's not my job. And I think we have done that. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel offers his opinion. And the, all these these hosts now, instead of just being an entertainer, they've got to come out on a side. And I don't want any side. I don't want to know who you voted for. You could be funny on both ends. You could make fun of the Trump campaign. You could make fun of the Biden campaign, but why not just make fun of everybody and stop leaning towards one side or the other? I don't care who you vote for, right? I think that's where we need to go back to that. We, you know, I was told growing up, you don't talk about religion and politics, but yet now all we do is talk about both. Yeah, a lot. And, you know, like when we talk to people, for instance, when I interview folks, I never ask them who they're voting for. You know, no. they're at a polling booth. I'm not going to say, hey, did you vote for so-and-so? Just like, what's your thought of the day? And what, where do you think this country is headed? There's a way you can ask a question or ask about an election without it being biased. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, I, I spend a lot of my time with younger students, um, a group called College Broadcasters. I'm a professional resident at Seton Hall. I take a lot of value out of that in trying to, you know, sit with the students and say, listen, you know, this is... You want to get in this business, report the facts. You know, you want to be a reporter, report. Um, stay away from the opinion if you can. We all have those opinions in our head, but uh, so I, I really get a lot of reward recently in terms of uh, in terms of that. You know, staying involved with the 21-year-old person and how, you know, and kind of look at their take on things. And uh, I'm pretty amazed how impacted they are by all of this. Um, it, it, you know, you think think about it, Len. If you and I were back in college right now, it's a big difference from when. We were in college in the 80s. Yeah. Um, things have changed a lot in terms of, you know, where we get our news from. And, you know, and, if, and if, like you said, when breaking news comes on, they say it's breaking news and they have eight people doing opinion. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's. I don't want the really opinion. Do. I just want to know what's going on. Right. And I always say with the weather, we, we've gone that way, too. It's like, I just want to know if I need to wear a coat. Like, do I need an umbrella? I don't need to know the barometric pressure at 37% or my favorite thing on the weather uh, reporting. And I, I don't mean to diss the weather because I love those people. But I just find it interesting when they give five minutes to the weather guy and they got to talk about earlier today we were at this and whatever. Who cares? It's already happened. I, I've been there. We lived it. We don't need to know what earlier today it was, you know, 72 in the morning and it was whatever. What is it now? Right. What do I need to do tomorrow? And the next day, I, I just think we go way above. And it's like, you know, when when things happen with storms and they get all, you know, the they got their sleeves rolled up. And, you know, it's a, you know, it's, you're in for a long haul with with the weather, weather people. But again, they're doing their job. I understand it. But we've gone so far the other way. I used to love wins. And, you know, and, and one of the things I loved was give us 22 minutes. We'll give you the world. And that's mm -hmm. all I need. I do not want any. I just want to know what's going on. I have stopped and I'm, you know, as a news person, it's hard for me uh, because I, I love the news, but I, I just find myself now where I don't want to turn on the television news anymore or anything to do with it because it's just so opinionated. Even the local news people in the areas offer their opinion and I just don't like it. So, yeah, I mean, and you touched on it a little bit too. I mean, I'll just be honest. I don't see as much of that quote-unquote bias in local news that I do it in the national level yeah um, I think the local you know folks who work in news really do work hard and it's unfortunate too you know you know we'll be at a, at a rally and local news people um, 
will be called names or have things thrown at us or we're fake news and all this and that. And how'd that get created? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, and I think who's to blame for that? I guess maybe 10 different things, but, um, you know, it's not easy being in news now, you know, we're, we're in the last couple of months in New York city. I mean, there's, there's some real strife here. Um, the media is targeted a lot of times we're spat on regularly We're we have things thrown at us, um, you know, pushed and shoved and punched and it's, it's become, you know, rather unsafe, uh, more so than ever. And again, w where does that responsibility lie? I don't know, but we have to, you, you, just real quick again, you touched on wins. You know, we still do that. You know, the 22 minutes will give you the world thing. Uh, you like that I remembered that? <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I mean, I, you know, it's kind of our trademark where the, you know, they've been doing this a long, long time. We've tweaked the format over the years. Even now we've, we've tweaked it a little bit. We do some more longer form interviews with newsmakers, but I'll give you an example. Like we're doing series about every week I'm at a hospital and I kind of talk about, you know, some of the frontline heroes. And we'll talk about the, I mean, there's a really, I don't know where you are. There's a really, really bad food crisis here. Yeah. Um, where, you know, in very affluent neighborhoods in Northern New Jersey, there's lines a mile long for food for people who've never had to go through that before. See, to me, that's the stories that need to be told yeah. right now. Um, I was, you know, in, by the Meadowlands, there's a, a YMCA there, there there's, there was 500 cars lined up for a $50 box of food. I mean, to me, that's news. Um, you know, people driving Mercedes who, who had money six months ago now who can't pay their bills. Um, that that is scary. Uh, and very, very. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing. And 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 I'll uh, kind of segue a little bit. We're going to be celebrating Labor Day weekend this weekend. And uh, one of the things is, do you know why we celebrate Labor Day? That's the the question. Apparently. Uh, in the late 1800s, at the height of the Industrial Revolution, Revolution, that is, the average American worker worked about 12-hour days, seven days a week, and so they tried to come up with something, uh, and even children were affected and working um, during during it. So uh, Labor Day was started, uh, became a federal holiday in 1894, and this is the sad part for me, though, Glenn. Labor Day weekend symbolizes the end of summer, which I just... I have a hard time with it. I go kicking and screaming every year, Glenn, because I love the shorts. I love the flip-flops. I love the pool, the smells, the everything. You know, I would live in the summer my whole life if I could. You know why? You're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I got to get to the to the warm places. That's what I really need. That's I joke funny. around with my family. You know, you know, when you're in your 20s, I always say, you know, so many people. Sorry. Oh. sorry. Uh, so many people uh, from New York City you know, take off during the, the winter, you know, and I always say, where are they going? You know, it's so great living here. Now I get it. <laughs> you know, now that I'm in my fifties, I say, now I know why they go down to Boca. I, I, I totally get it. Yeah, exactly. The, the people like to me, it would be like from November to May, I would be somewhere um, else that would be a little bit warmer, I think would be a good, good place to go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of depressing that whole end of summer thing, you know, like the party's over kind of thing. And I, I mean, honestly, I, it probably is where you are too in Northern New Jersey and New York city. September and October are amazing here. So I, I don't see it as over. It's it's a beautiful time of year. Oh, no, agreed. And, and I'm still going to – the pool is still open at my house, so you can swim. I've got the solar cover on now, and I'm I'm ready to go swimming this weekend, and I don't care that the calendar changes. And I still, I still stocked up enough on my summer beer, my summer ale, and anything summer-related. I even have – so this is a funny story, but I actually uh, – Calvin Klein makes a cologne – and they make a, a cologne for summer, and they come out with it every year. I make sure I stock up on the summer one so I could wear it all year. So there you go. <laughs> wow. 
Well, we, we, that's something we know about you forever. Now. Yeah, and exactly something that we can't take back, right? That's uh, yeah. Right. I, I said it out there, and yes, uh, people are going. Len, where's Any, summer? Anything else you want to give up? Oh no, I, I, I think, I think right. people have heard enough of me for twenty-two. This is twenty-two now. Um, weeks of of doing this podcast and uh, coming up with things that uh, irritate me. People don't think like, hey. You're putting on 30 minutes of content every week. They don't understand how hard this is. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought how much things bothered me until I had to figure out every week what bothers me. Because, uh, uh, but, uh, but every week there's always something that writes itself because, you know, with this whole thing going on, you, you've got uh, different items to talk about every week. And um, I just, you know, we, we, um, I've been broadcasting football games uh, we started up uh, last week and, and the game again last night. So two games are ready for uh, Elder High School in Cincinnati. And one of the things I love is that, you know, they have some stand- fans in the stands. They've got about 1,500 in the stands. They do the best. They wear your mask and, you know, you go around. And um, I interview the coach with the mask on now and we go out and do it. And we're doing the best we can, we're, but we're watching football. And some places, that's not the case. You never realize how much you miss it until you don't have it, right? We take for granted everything in this in this life that you think it's always going to be there. And now, you know, we've got the NFL is going to start up because the NFL will never not play, right? That that you you never. knew you knew that going in. The NFL was like, hold my beer. We're doing the draft. We're doing everything. We're playing. Matter of fact, I've got a couple of fantasy football drafts coming up, Glenn, uh, which. I'm not as into as I used to be, and I think, again, that all comes back to being old. When you're younger, you just felt like that was more exciting. But fantasy football is uh, – it's hard to, to do fantasy football. I don't know if you like it, but it's its hard because you get players that are not on your favorite team. So now when they play your favorite team, you have to root for that player to do well, but you want your team to win. So it's it kind of – the whole thing is all messed up. Don't forget, when you get old, you just rather rest than do yeah. anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, though, Lenny, I have to tell you, you know, Jets, like MetLife, you know, no fans in the stands. I don't know about – Yeah. Know, they, I mean, that's weird. I mean, you're going to have a Dallas, you know, a Cowboys-Giants game with no one in the stand. I mean, it's – it's. I'll watch it. I mean, I, you know, and I'm a, I'm a big football fan, but how weird. You know, it's just so weird. I, some sports are, you know, U.S. Opens on this weekend with the tennis, you know, and there's nobody in the stands there. I, and they're, it's It's weird. It's so weird. It is very weird. Uh, and like I said, the one positive thing about what I do with, with the play-by-play for high school sports is that people can listen at home. They could sit on their back deck. Uh, you know, that's the perfect thing on radio. But watching the game with nobody in the stands, it's like, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. Um, I, I, have, uh, I was listening to uh, the Michael K. show, and Don LaGreca was talking about this with Peter on, I think it was yesterday. And they were talking about that the ratings have not been as good as they thought it would be. Because I think people have other stuff that they figured out. The ratings for sports, you would think, would have been through the roof. But people have found other things. Maybe they're Netflixing. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they've got other things to worry about now. I don't know. Do you, th- you think this is going to hurt things coming back? When, uh, well, well, I know sports formats are hurting. You know, I mean, there's just I mean, that'll change now that there's actually sports to talk about. But um, I don't know. I think are you a, are you into golf? Because I'm into golf. I like right? golf. Yeah. And believe it or not, I, I think I've spent more time watching golf, which I can't explain that. Um, I, you know, I, I'm a huge Tiger Woods fan. A lot of people aren't. Um, but like the, the tour championship is this weekend where they wrap things up. I go out to Pebble Beach every February to see the program there. I've always been a huge golf fan, and I, I think I've watched more of that than the Yankees, which I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I just 
I, I'm, I'm so into the golf. I, I can't even explain it. Well, I will say this. I agree with you. And, and, and one of the things I'm going to bring up, and I brought this up about a year ago uh, when Tiger won the Masters. And I brought this up on social media, and I got criticized a little bit for it. But I'm going to bring it up again because I think it's, 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 it's well said. You could say what you want about Tiger Woods, but when he is playing, it is like nothing else. When he is on and when he is winning, the the feeling of watching golf becomes a whole nother animal. He is in another planet. He's on another planet when it comes to uh, being able to drive viewers. Like there are people that won't watch golf, and all of a sudden, Tiger's you know four under, and he's got a chance to win, and everybody's tuning in, right? I, I, and I think it's because of the just the personality, and he just trans. I think he transcends the sport. He does such a, you know, and again, personal life aside, I don't really care about his personal life. But at the same token, when he's playing, Glenn, there is no, uh, there that is must-see TV for me. Well, think about, you know, since we've been alive, you know, the, the great names in sports, right? Muhammad Ali or I guess even going way back, like a Mickey Mantle or you throw Jeter in there and people like that. Tigers, I mean, I mean Serena Williams, I guess, too. You know, people like that. I mean, Tigers who's bigger in sports in our lifetime? I, I don't even know. I mean, the guy, like you said, in terms of not just what he's accomplished on the golf course, just what he's meant to the world. I mean, um, and what he accomplished. Think about all the people that play golf because of Tiger Woods today. Oh, like from totally. the 90s. I mean, yeah. his run from 98 to 2000, I think it's 2008, 2009 Open. I can't remember the dates, but it was like every weekend he would do something different that would get him to win or and when he put that red shirt on on a Sunday there was nothing quite like that and I I again people could say what they want they don't like the guy whatever I don't care I'm not my job is not to whether he's a good guy or not I mean I always like to look at baseball and Ty Cobb was the you know you read you watch his story but he was a tremendous baseball player you you didn't want to hang out with the guy and I I don't I mean I love Aaron Judge I think he he does everything right on both sides but unfortunately, he can't stay healthy, right? It's you know out of the womb day to day, as I like to say. Um, yeah, he he's, he's he and Stan. I mean, yeah, uh, they can't get out but, of their way. Nah, see, I'm glad we're talking sports. This is a this is a good release for people. I mean, we've had a lot of stresses this year, right? I mean, you think about, I just think about New York City, you know, and across the country from you know pandemic to uh, to uh, you know un, un, unrest regarding you know the civil rights situation and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, some crime spikes in New York City. It's been really dangerous uh, to worried about the coronavirus again coming back. It's just it's been a I just interviewed people yesterday. Everyone said to me it's been the most bizarre, unsettling, strange time like that they can recall, that, that, you know, and they hope it just ends. And I, I guess we're all kind of in the same boat. And maybe that's why sports is in some way it helps. But in other ways, we're saying, you know what? You know, if they're not playing baseball tonight, we'll figure out something else to do and spend time with our family. I mean, I know that's, you know, I have a 12-year-old daughter. I've gotten to spend more time with her in the last six months than I have in years, and I've loved every minute of it. So Yeah, no, it, that's what's good about this whole time. People stop it. I, I make a, I, I've made jokes through this whole thing with the social media and, you know, people constantly still trying to keep up with the Joneses on social media. But stop for a minute, you know, and take your family in and, you know, do the things. You don't have to post everything on social media. Just enjoy. I always wanted to do like a 1970s night where we've had, you know, go back to three, four channels of television. And all we did was just play board games and stuff like that, rather than, 
you know, where we are today, where kids spend 12 to 14 hours playing Fortnite. And yeah. it's just, you know, and I, I'm, I'm guilty too. When I, no, when I was, when I was a kid, I played Atari, but I don't know if I played 12 to 14 hours, but I think that it's a little bit different now. We went outside and we did stuff. Some of these kids never get outside. That's the scary part. Um, and I think we need to, we need to look at, 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 you know, your family life and say, look, 12 to 14 hours of anything is no good. I like to say nothing good happens after midnight. That's one of my sayings because it's just, you know, again, at, at our age, nothing good happens after 9 p.m. really, but <laughs> I'm just, but, it, well, but I'm, a, I'm in bed at 7.30 every night. Well, you got to be up early, so you, I understand. You're having I'm not, your... I'm, I can't get in any trouble. Yeah. What do you, you know, it's funny. I remember working those those morning hours. I used to work the 5 to 1 shift, so I had to get up at 2.30 and drive in to do the 5 to 1 shift. And one of the things I remember, and probably the cause of a lot of my acid reflux today, was the fact that like 8 in the morning, you're ordering a hamburger from the deli or something oh, yeah, because you're, you're ready for lunch at eight o'clock. Right. Totally. And the danger with that is too, is that, you know, you have a little snack around four in the morning. I'll have something light. Um, I'll eat, you know, like you said, around nine, I'll have a sandwich. Then you're thinking, well, around two, you're hungry again. Yeah. You eat. And then before you go to around six, you're hungry again. You know, so it's like, you really got to be careful. You know what I end up doing if people care is I actually have, a, you always have a really good lunch, like in the middle of the day. Um, and then something light at night. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it's like you're eating four, 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 four or five meals, you know, and it's just like, yeah, but I like it, you know, because that morning shift, I'm, you know, I'm done by noon. I'm home. I'm 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 home and everyone else is working. I kind of have always liked that kind of thing. It's like when, you know, the radio drill, you know, a lot of times we're working when people are sleeping and then when people are working, we're home, especially, you know, you lived in this area. Yeah, I could go in New York City when there's nobody on the road and I, I'm doing the reverse commute. Nobody going back home. So. I, and a nine to five shift in New York City, I could never do it. I could never sit in traffic all the, all that time. No, I remember. I remember um, when I moved. I remember thinking, okay, well, I was driving an hour, an hour and a half each way, like depending on traffic, right? It was an hour without traffic and an hour and a half if there was traffic. And I added it up, and it was three hours a day, five days a week. And then I figured out the math, and I was thinking I spent on average, 20 days in traffic a year. So and that's I, when you moved to Kentucky or Ohio. You're right. I moved to Kentucky, Ohio, and I put like 15 days a year back in my life. It was yeah. kind of interesting how you look at that. And, uh, you know, maybe that's why I stay so youthful, right? Is that... <laughs> where, where were you born again? Where were you I born? was born in the Bronx and then moved you to New Jersey. I was too. Yeah. I, I, I was born in Pelham Bay in the Bronx. Yeah, I was uh, Mesoricordia Hospital, which is no longer, um, but that's... Uh, Kind of interesting. So funny story to that. So I'm in a meeting uh, at my job now. I, I, I go to sales meetings and I, this is back when we could we could actually travel. Um, sitting in a meeting with somebody in the middle of Ohio. Okay. And we're talking. He said he's from New York. And I said, well, I'm from New York as well. He said he's from the Bronx. I said, well, I'm from the Bronx. And then I said, I was born in Mesoricordia Hospital. He said, I was born in Mesoricordia Hospital. No way. What? I said, "How? what are the odds that that would actually happen, that you're in the middle of Ohio, Millersburg, Ohio, I believe, where they actually have the horse and buggy. Uh, pe there are people that ride the horse and buggy through that area as well. And I'm sitting there with somebody who was born at the same hospital that I was. So that I thought that was interesting. Can I give a quick shout out to Ohio too? A thirty second story. You know, I'm, I'm, you you I'm can give a you John. can do whatever you want. This is this is there's no format here, Glenn. Go right ahead. I like that. Um, I'm named after John Glenn, the astronaut. Really? 
Yes. And I, you know, after, um, I'll kind of make a quick a short story. You know, he, he responded to my parents, gave me pictures over the years, got me an autograph of Neil Armstrong and all this and that. So I ended up meeting him at uh, a ticker tape parade when John Glenn went up into space the second time. Long story short, uh, I'm very involved now um, with the students at Muskingum in uh, New Concord in Ohio, which is by Columbus. And uh, I go out there pretty frequently now because that's John Glenn's uh, hometown. And the cool thing was that I actually got to go into his birthplace and they actually have a photo of me with him hanging in his museum. Wow. So that's, that made me, so I, that's my Ohio connection now. I have a, you know, the great, it's a great little town, New Concord's a couple thousand people. Muskingum is the university there. It's pretty much 90% of the town, but such nice people. And I have like an incredible connection there now. And that's my Ohio story. I, I love, it's about an eight hour drive. I try to go out every three or four months to say hi to them out there and, uh, I'm pretty proud of that. So, Well, of all the years I've known you, I've never known that story. So this is great that you were able to tell the story today. It's a tremendous story. Just like your tremendous, your Twitter feed. Uh, if you really want news the way it's supposed to be, you need to follow Glenn Shuck on Twitter. Why don't you give him your Twitter handle and people can follow you on Twitter? Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, just at Glenn Shuck. G-L-E-N-N-S-C-H-U-C-K. Uh, same on Instagram. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I follow you and I love it. I, you know, again, we don't get to talk as much uh, as we used to, uh, but I do follow you. I do like the stories. Uh, I tweet some of them back and it's uh, you, you, you're giving the news the way it's supposed to be. And the whole idea for the show today was to talk about the way we need to focus on just reading the news, right? Just doing that, going, um, going back to, and that's the way it was today. Right. And I mean, that's the way it's going to stay for exactly. me. My friend. I love it. It. Will never, it will never change for me. I take a lot of a lot of pride in that. If anyone ever comes up to me and says, I know your station's biased, I say, no, 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 You're not, not listening. Then. No, no, not listening. <laughs> no, it's great. And I love it. Uh, you can you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook uh, at Lens Burning Bush. Follow Lens Burning Bush on Twitter again at Lens Burning Bush. Listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean iHeartRadio. We're in about 25 states now. We've got a couple of listeners in the UK and Germany. Uh, I don't know how that happens, Glenn, but uh, it has been a fun ride for me doing this every week. Uh, next week, we're going to have Heather O'Rourke on, so you know oh, Heather. Oh, yeah, yeah. Heather, I'm going through my whole uh, Metro days, and uh, I've got Angelo coming up and a couple other people that you know, Susan Aller, and yep. uh, we're going to have fun in the month of September doing lens burning bush and like i said i do this for me <laughs> if you like it that's great right i i do it yeah so it all revolves around what's burning my bush hence the name lens burning bush and i appreciate you coming on today because it's been great seeing you it's been great talking to you and i love the story about ohio and uh it you know these are the type of things gordy when he was on we talked about uh you know, making s'mores. And he said that 30 years ago, he didn't know how to make a s'more. And it was stuff that you would never come up with or talk about is on this show, right? I, I talked about uh, Calvin Klein cologne. I mean, when would I have ever talked about that? Yeah, the cat's out of the bag. Now yeah. I want to tell everybody I know about that. So. You said just make sure you understand the summer is never over at my house. So it never. is never over. I don't care. I'll wear shorts until November, December, if I can. <laughs> so I'm, I, I go kicking and screaming like with everything else. Well, when I'm out in Ohio, I'm going to find you. So. Well, you find me. I, I would love it. Uh, my best to your family. Stay safe, my brother, because the world is a better place with you in it. 
I appreciate it, my friend. It's so nice to talk to you. All right. It's nice to talk to you. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to Glenn Shuck. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back again with another episode of Len's Burning Bush next week. And so long.